Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right, we're going to talk Kevin Durant with our next guest in 30 seconds. We did not get a winner from Tyler Beatty for our all-access giveaway that we've got, so we are opening it up on the phone lines right now. Caller number 10 at 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. You will qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57 if you're caller number 10, 602 260 9870. We're sorry that Tyler didn't call in on time. Uh, you can still register by texting the word super to 620-620. Okay, with that bit of business now, we move on to the big bit of business that came down last night. Kevin Durant traded by the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns. And joining us right now, the writer who covers the Nets for ESPN.com, Nick Friedel, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Now, Nick, from what I understand, you got sent to Atlanta to talk to the Suns about this because of the trade, is that correct? That is correct. I am here in Atlanta right now. So, so you talked to Monty. You were there in the room. What was kind of the vibe and the reaction of the deal from the Suns' perspective on this? Since you were lucky enough to be there, I think the Suns are so happy because they know who Kevin Durant is. They know what he represents, and that is the missing piece potentially to a title. But I'd also tell you guys. In listening to Monty Williams, in talking to a couple of the players just now getting out of the locker room, there is almost a sadness because they were so close to Mikhail Bridges and so close to Cam Johnson, and they got to know them over the course of the last few seasons, and they, they had so much success as part of lifting this team back up. So I asked Monty Williams, how do you keep the focus on the game instead of all the stuff that we're all talking about? Because everybody's human. And he looked at me and he's like, you don't. You just got to allow guys to try and focus the best they can and try and work as hard tonight as they can to get a win. But that part of this is what I think a lot of people forget sometimes is as ecstatic as everyone in that room and within this organization that I've talked to is about getting Kevin Durant, there is also the human element in play of we just lost two guys who have been with us for a while who have helped us and who a lot of people have really strong relationships with. Nick, let, let's talk about the Nets' perspective because, in reality, they got everything that they wanted out of the Phoenix Suns. In the summer, when the Suns were chasing KD, they made two offers. One was you could have Cam and McHale, but not the picks. And the other was you could have all these picks, but you can't have Cam and McHale. In the end, the Nets got Cam, they got McHale, and they got all the picks. So patience paid off for the Nets in waiting this thing out. Very much so. And I think the Nets were only going to make this move if they got everything you just described in that second offer. Because, guys, let's face it, nobody wants to move Kevin Durant. (laughs) I mean, he's one of the greatest players in this era. And having watched him now day-to-day, because I covered him that last season in Oakland with the Warriors, and I covered him again the last year and a half or so in Brooklyn. He's that good. I mean, he really is. You will see things on a nightly basis with Kevin that you just haven't seen before. A guy who's seven feet tall who runs down the floor and is knocking jumpers down all over the place. So 
he is worth it to me as somebody who covers the league. You 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 push all your chips in for a player like Kevin Durant. But as far as the Nets are concerned, that patience was there, and I think there are two factors in play. And Woj reported as much on Ishbia and and the impact that he is trying to make early on. But but the other part is Kevin for three and a half years in Brooklyn did everything that Joe Sy, the owner, and Sean Mark, the GM, asked of him as the star of the team. He set the tone for the group. Now, books will be written about how much of a meltdown that whole thing turned into. But yes. a lot of people had a lot of love for Kevin Durant within that organization. So they didn't want to move him because we all know what that means when you do. When push came to shove, though, and you move Kyrie and you're Kevin, you know that you can't win a title with the pieces that are in place. So there are a lot of layers. There always are. But as far as Brooklyn's perspective goes, you understand why the organization, they're not happy right now moving Kevin, but they know that they got a haul back in return. How much of, of an issue is his age, the injuries, the calf, the Achilles tendon? How much of an in, uh, of an issue do you think it will be for the Suns going forward that he is an older player that has had some injuries? I can only tell you anecdotally in, in my time covering him in these last few years. Sadly, you can bank on Kevin missing a month to six weeks now every year. And we saw the same knee injury, and, and it's just bad luck. Jimmy Butler falls into his knee. Bruce Brown, his teammate last year, falls in, into his knee. But that's six weeks. Boom. In at this stage of his career, I, I, I just I don't know how he's going to be able to play night after night after night, given what we've seen over time. I tell you, though, that Kevin puts in the work. And there's a reason why the guy is one of the very best that we've ever seen. He is in the gym all the time. Draymond Green mentioned this in one of his podcast appearances a few months ago, and I know in talking to people in the Warriors organization, it makes sense. He said that the game reps that Kevin does, the, the reps that he, he does, those are game reps all the time. It's not for a lack of trying to stay on the floor. It's just that when you are about to be 35 in the NBA, those kind of things pop up. So anybody who's thinking that Kevin's going to come in and he's going to play all the time, that's probably just not based in reality. The only thing you can hope for if you're the Suns is you hope that he's ready for the postseason and the grind that comes with playing every other day at that type of high level against great competition. Last one for Nick Friedle. He's the ESPN writer who covers the Brooklyn Nets for ESPN and ESPN.com. They sent him to Atlanta to talk to the Suns about acquiring Kevin Durant. The Suns are in Atlanta taking on the Hawks tonight. He's kind enough to join us. Our last question for you is, is from your perspective and your conversations with the Nets. How do they feel about Mikel and Cam? How do they see those guys fitting in and building around them moving forward with the future? Because now, honestly, I think you've got a lot of Brooklyn Nets fans who are living here in Phoenix will follow that team and watch that team and want that team to do well because of those two guys. How are they going to fit in? I think Mikael Bridges fits in any team you can think of. Yep. The amount of people who rave about him and what he does on the floor and the type of person he is off of it is unbelievable. I mean, there is a reason the Nets were holding out and holding out and holding out and then boom, 
Bridges finally is included, and, and this thing works itself out. They love him. So how that plays over time, we'll see. But absolutely, when you talk to people around the league, it feels like he could turn into an all-star and be that stalwart on a team that gets back into contention over and over. With Cam Johnson, he's a talented young player. He, you'd think he's only going to improve over time. Uh, but between, and, and we laid this out, when you have those type of players and then you throw in every graphic it feels like there is over the next you know six years or so, uh, you feel pretty good if you're Brooklyn. But to me, it, it starts with Bridges. He has really made a name for himself across the league, and I can tell you uh, that the Nets really, really like him a lot and are hoping that he is able to take the next step with them. Nick, uh, we really appreciate it. Great insight, especially since you're there, kind of boots on the ground with the Suns in Atlanta. Thank you for coming on. I know we've had you on a couple times in the past as well talking about this. We appreciate your time and your diligence. We hope to talk soon. All right, you got it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Nick Friedel. Joining us from ESPN.com, that's good stuff from Nick talking about Kevin and and how this is all going to work. Do you want to remind everybody a couple of things? Number one, we do have a new qualifier, Tyson Padgett. Congratulations. He called in and qualified now for the big Super Bowl ticket giveaway that we've got coming up. Again, your opportunity to register, text the word SUPER to 62620. Item number two, Gamba, we're on the road today. Man, we've met so many nice people today. It's great to be back out on the it, road it again. It is so good to be on it the really road. It really is, isn't it? We don't do a lot of road shows anymore. Uh, a memo to our bosses. It, it, I've had a lot of fun today. We've enjoyed it this. Was, it was good to be back out on the road. We're, and we're still here. We're at the Safeway, 83rd Avenue and Camelback, the southeast corner of 83rd Avenue and Camelback. We're here with our friends from Coca-Cola. We've already got another winner today. Bernardo Marin won an A.J. Green helmet and some Coke paraphernalia as well. We've got stuff to give away still. Come by and see us. It's all part of the Game Time Rewards Program by Coca-Cola for the big game coming up this weekend, the home gating headquarters right here. Coca-Cola products are on sale. Great food for your big party this weekend. It's all part of Game Time Rewards. Scan the QR code when you're here to get all the information. Come by and register for the great stuff that we are giving away. It's been a really busy day. We've met lots of people. Come in here and get all of your big weekend supplies that you need. When we come back, it's a deal that could have been done much sooner. And ultimately, the Nets got everything they wanted. Gambo's got some inside information you're going to want to hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show on what has been a crazy, crazy busy day with the Kevin Durant trade. I got a kick out of this. Uh, Mitch sent me a picture. Um, this is Stuart Sink today playing the 16th hole in the first round of the Waste Management Phoenix no Open. Way. No way. How do you get that? He's rocking a Kevin Durant number 35 jersey. Uh, he's trying to get the crowd on his side. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's smart. He's trying to get the crowd on you his side. You walk into 16 wearing a Kevin Durant number 35 jersey, you have won the crowd. Yes. They will not give you crap when you hit one into the bunker. They love them. They will not give you crap when you sail the green and hit it into the crowd. But you know what? He's wearing a Durant jersey. We love you, man. Thank you. We appreciate that. Good job, uh, I don't know who that guy is. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Uh, I want to... 
Kevin Durant number three. Yeah, number thirty-five is the official number for Kevin Durant. That's not of. That's the number he is going to wear yeah. for the Phoenix Suns. So um, the deal came down like 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 people listening right now. You're in one of two categories. Either you heard it this morning when you woke up because you were asleep, or you were up last night and then you couldn't go to sleep because you were so excited about Kevin Durant happening. It came down like at eleven o'clock last night. Gambo's got really good inside information about how all this stuff went down because the deal, it was a whopper. It was Mikel and Cam and Jay and four first-round picks and a pick swap. The Nets ultimately got exactly what they wanted in this deal. They did. They did. And I, I and I did speak, you know, with the Suns today. And here's, here's, here's the reality. The Phoenix Suns had two offers available to get Kevin Durant in the summer. Neither of them worked. But the first deal was the deal that they were pushing. We'll give you all the first-round picks and pick swaps you want. We'll give you the four first-round picks and the pick swaps and give you some expiring contracts. That was one. The other one was we'll give you Cam and McHale, but we're not going to give you all those first-round picks. I might throw in one. So that was the two deals that were out there. The Nets obviously turned down both deals. They weren't interested. Right. So the Suns had two packages of deals available in the summer for KD. One was Cam and McHale, but you weren't going to get the picks. The other was you can have all the picks and pick swaps, but you're not getting Cam and McHale. There was no offer in which they could have just had one of them. So the Suns didn't present an offer where you could have McHale and two picks or Cam and two picks. It was McHale, Cam, and, no, and one pick or... All the picks, no Cam and McHale. The Nets turned it down, both of them. In the end, the Nets got exactly what they wanted, Cam, McHale, and all the picks. That's why, was it Windhorse said that the Nets could pivot to trade Durant yesterday? It was Windhorse who had said yesterday, yeah. hey, the Nets might pivot to trading Kevin Durant now. And yeah. the only way they were going to pivot if the Suns caved in and gave them everything they wanted. We just had the ESPN guy on. They got everything they wanted. Yeah. Their wish list, every box was checked. I want Cam. I want McHale. I want these. Listen, these picks are good picks. 2023 is going to be a good pick. The Suns are not going to have, the Suns are not going to be the bottom five pick. You know, they're a little bit over 500. That's not a bad pick that they're going to have this year. 2025, 2027, 2029. And a pick swap in 2028. Mm -hmm. 25, Paul's gone in 25. Durant's two more two years older. Maybe that pick's still good. Twenty seven and twenty nine are the picks you worry about right now. Even twenty eight if you're Phoenix. Durant's gone, Paul's gone. You don't know what the Suns are gonna look like and they're unprotected. Mm -hmm. So twenty seven, twenty eight pick swap, twenty nine pick. Those are the picks you might worry about a little bit if you're thinking about those picks that the Suns gave up. Yeah, I would agree. That's that's all really good information and when I hear you talk about it, man, all I can think about is over the summer, Robert Sarver was the owner of the Phoenix Suns, and James Jones didn't get pushed to make a deal. Matt Ishbia takes over the team 24 hours before the trade deadline. By design, I might add, this was rushed through, right? There was a deliberate intent to get Ishbia approved as the owner of the Suns before the trade deadline. Now, all of a sudden, James Jones is willing to do the big deal he wasn't willing to do back in June or back in July. Gambo, I, I, I said earlier, Matt Ishbia is like WD-40 with a stuck bolt, right? Sometimes you spray a little WD-40 on that, kind of loosens things up a little bit, gets things going. There's no doubt in my mind Matt Ishbia pushed James Jones a little bit out of his comfort zone to do a little bit more. Now, 
does that mean this deal doesn't happen if Ishbia is the owner, isn't the owner of the Suns? I, I, I can't sit here and say that for sure. I don't know. But it does feel like that the deal the Nets wanted all along, the one the Suns wouldn't give to them in the summer, now do give to them. When the only thing that's changed between then and now is who owns the Phoenix Suns, I have to surmise that Ishbia was instrumental behind the scenes in kind of pushing the Suns to do a little bit more. If you read the story from Woj this morning, listen to some of these quotes. Um, quote, Matt Ishbia, general manager uh, on the direction of his new owner, Matt Ishbia, general manager James Jones texted Nets GM Sean Mark sometime after 9 p.m. Arizona time. Here's another one. Ishbia wouldn't call it a night without making one more run at Durant. Here's another one. Ishbia wouldn't go to bed, and he had his GM make one more run at a deal. The way Woj is framing the story, he pushed was, it. He, was, he pushed it. Pushed it forward. He pushed it. No, really, man. Keep trying. Keep pushing. What do we got? I want to do something. That dynamic fascinates me. It really does. In the summer, getting Kevin Durant for the draft picks would have pushed the Suns' luxury tax bill up to $60, 70 $80 million. Now, at that time, if you remember, I reported that they were willing to go there. The actual number that was that was given to James Jones was that you could go up to $100 million into the luxury tax. That was the number. So when the Suns were pushing a deal for Durant without giving up, you know, without giving up major salary, got you know, expiring deals, but not deals of guys going forward, the reality was that they expected that they could pay upwards of $100 million in a luxury. That was okayed. That was given to James Jones as you could go up to this number. So now on this deal, Kevin Durant's on a max deal. Book's on a super max. DA's on a max deal. Chris Paul's $30 million a year. You got four guys mm-hmm. that push you over the salary cap by themselves. Yep. Uh, four guys. I mean, you go look at the salaries. You got four guys right there to take it to the salary cap. Yeah. And I don't want to discredit James either in his role in this. I just don't. It just feels like. Ishbia changed the equation. Like Ishbia was the was the the variable in this that that forced the Suns into a different level of conversation. Because if you're telling me, you know, back in the summer when the Suns approached this, they wanted to do a or B, but not A and B, obviously somebody behind the scenes changed their minds, right? Decided to go a little further and combine A and B and make this happen. It's just hard not to imagine that that had something to do with Ishbia wanting to kind of make a splash. And you know what? I'm I'm glad he did. I, I... I don't know how the new front office is going to work. I don't know how this new dynamic with Ishbia is going to play out. But, Gambo, look, this is my bottom line when it comes to this deal. As much as I'm going to miss Mikel and Cam and as much as it's a you know gigantic, expensive thing, players like Kevin Durant do not become available. Players like Kevin Durant do not choose to play for your organization. And when both of those things happen, you don't have a choice. You have to pursue it. You have to. It's non-negotiable. It doesn't doesn't matter what the cost is. Doesn't matter whether it's too much. You get the opportunity to get a player like that. There's no hesitation. There's absolutely no regret. And I'll tell you something else. If it doesn't work out, if they don't win a championship, yeah, it'll be crushing. Yeah, it'll be disappointing. Yeah, it'll be a failure. But I'm still glad they did it. I'm still glad they did it because when you've got something like this in front of you, you must pursue it. You are required to pursue it. Look, they got Shaq and went for a championship, and they didn't get it. But all they gave, they gave up Sean Marion. Mm-hmm. 
This haul that they, you know, and you can talk about the guys they gave up for Barkley. It's nothing near this. Oh, nothing. It's nothing near what they gave no. up to get Andrew Lane, Tim Perry, Jeff Hornacek. It's like, it's right. like, yeah, no. Teams have figured out that they'd rather have the picks. You gave up two really good basketball players and four unprotected picks in a pick swap. Like, you gave up the farm to go get Kevin Durant. It was championship robust for me without Durant. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, so it doesn't change that. Like my my, it's still like you got to win a championship. You just feel a lot better about their chances of winning it now than you did 24 hours ago. You can't what if something like this. Kevin Durant wants to play for you and he's available. It's a good way to put it. You can't what if it. It's a good way to put it. Don't you think? You just you, you, you can't sit there and say, what if we had gotten Kevin Durant back at the trade deadline of 2023? You can't have a what if moment in a moment like that. You just have to do it. You have to do it. The Suns in the past have chased Kobe. Yeah. Tracy McGrady. Yeah, I remember that. And and came up empty. Um, who was the uh, the Spurs guy? They went after hard. Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge. <laughs> so think about all the players that they went after and didn't get. Yeah. Well, the Suns are used to that. Suns fans are used to going after players that you don't get. Right. Hey, we came in second place for Lamarcus Aldridge. What does that get you? Yeah. Right? Tomorrow, uh, 2 till 6, we're going to be at the Pepsi Fan Fest in the Arizona Center in downtown Phoenix. Food, beverages, games, live performances by Tech 9 and others. That's this Friday at the Arizona Center in Phoenix. The Durant trade was not the only one made today. Plus, what does the road ahead look like for the Phoenix Suns? We'll talk about that coming up on Burns and Yembo. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here on this Thursday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Of course, it was not just Kevin Durant. It was not just Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder. There was another smaller trade made by the Phoenix Suns, and my heart is a little bit broken. Your heart's broken. Dario Sharch going to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Darius Baisley. Uh, and Sarich and a second-round pick for Darius Baisley was the other minor trade that was made by the Phoenix Suns today. One, it does a couple of things. kind of diversifies the roster a little bit oh, that you yeah. add. What, how you described Baisley as kind of a, a typical James Jones kind of player, right? Typical. He one through five, yep. athletic wing guy. Yep. He's had 118 starts under his belt. Was play was starting, you know, for them the first couple of years. He's 6'8", 208, has some length, versatile defender, can guard one through five, former first-round pick, 2019. He was the longest-tenured player on that team. Um, but they, you know, they, they he had fallen out of favor, wasn't playing a whole lot. His role here in Phoenix is just going to be defense. Look, we don't need scorers. We need guys that can, you know, that that can switch defensively, guard other positions. So I think he may get an opportunity to get some minutes here as one of those bench role guys, as just a defensive-minded guy. It's funny. I was thinking about that. We'll get back to Dario in just a second. I was thinking about that with Josh Akogi when I was driving out here, thinking he's a guy who, because he's such a good defender, and I know offensively he's just a real mixed bag, but because he's such a good defender, he, there might be a renewed emphasis on playing Josh Okogie moving forward because he can defend. He can defend his butt off out there. The Suns need guys like that. They just lost one of the best in the NBA at it. They're going to need to replace that somehow. I could see a guy like Baisley or a guy like Okogie getting some runs so they could get some defensive yeah, this, time out there. Yeah, listen, Dario was a good player if they didn't have Landale and Biombo and Aiton. 
you know, he might be a good play to play small ball five. He obviously, him and Landale had a nice mix together where, when they were on the court. He was an expiring contract. They were never going to bring him back. And it's basically switching one guy that you kind of like for another guy that doesn't. It's just a different role. It's a different it's role. Just, it's a different skill set. A different it's a skill very set. Very yeah. different. And it's a skill set, frankly, that now you probably need more they of. They need. They need. Yep. I'm going to miss Dario. I, I What Dario brought to the team back in 2021 before he blew out his knee in the finals, I always thought was invaluable. His role as a connector, watching him come back, watching him get the minutes that he got. You know, I, I always, I, I, I liked how Dario just played the game with such an intense level and even though he wasn't athletically the most gifted guy on the floor, in fact, he was probably the least gifted guy on the floor for for the Suns at any point. He just... They did have Frank Kaminsky for a little while. Oh, I forgot about Frank. You know Don't what? Forget that's about right. Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. There was no athleticism there with Frank Kaminsky. Fair point. Yeah. One that's... of the most non-athletic players that's ever played in the You're right. Dario... Dario yeah. looked like Carl Lewis compared to, compared yeah. to Frank Kaminsky out there. You're right about that. Um, so I'm I'm a little sad Dario got traded, but I I got it. And look, to be honest, the other thing the Suns did with the Dario trade, they saved themselves some money. And there's no shame in saying that because they didn't save themselves some money with this Kevin Durant deal. <laughs> the, the luxury tax bill is going to be steep. It's going to get steeper when they start adding buyout players. And I think I had read somewhere that the Dario move all told might save him $20 million, both yeah. in terms of salary and tax money. It, it's $5 million in 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 savings on the contract from like nine something to four something but then that luxury tax and I, i'd have to see what they're, they're, the sons are not in dollar for dollar they're not in dollar 50 for two dollars you know they're in that range where it's you know it's two two fifty three dollars per dollar mm-hmm. because every five million you go up so it's very possible that you can say oh they save five million in salary then they may have saved another 10 or so in in salary tax because of where they were so it does add up quite a bit now the real thing to keep watching now that the trade deadline is done and it's over. One o'clock today, it's over. Is the buyout market, and I, I think it's reasonable to expect the Suns a are going to be a real dynamic team to watch because people are going to want to come play for them. I think b it's safe to assume the Suns are going to be active because they have that taxpayer mid level that they could use, you know, to go pay somebody more if they wanted to, uh, and certainly there are holes to fill now that Mikel's gone now. Cam's gone. Uh, there are there are roles you're going to want to go out there and fill. The buyout market seems to be the best way to do it, and I would imagine the Suns would be a top destination for many of the top not, guys out how there. How could they not be? I mean, they're, they're, they're probably the odds-on favorite to win a championship. You get to play for Monty. You get to play for with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and KD and DA. And Now, listen, there are some guys who they – and this is how the buyout market works. We have discussed this on our show for many years – you get a guarantee from a team, and then you'll go there. Guarantee me a certain amount of minutes. You're Andre Drummond. Guarantee me that I'm going to play 20 minutes a game. I'll play for you. Because, of, because guys want their next contract. So they don't want to play five minutes. They want to know they're going to get time so they can earn their next contract. The Suns are not going to be in a position to guarantee anybody minutes, but they can guarantee you a role on what's likely, likely going to be a team with the, with the best odds to win a championship. So some guys, guys may want that, especially the older players that don't have a championship. I mean, you remember, do you remember Carl Malone and Gary Payton at the end? Didn't they go to the Lakers? Mm-hmm. Sure did. Trying to win a championship. Yep. Older guys that haven't done it 
you know, that they look at that. So that could be an opportunity. Some of the names that have been thrown out there on the buyout market uh, are such. And one's already been linked to the Phoenix Suns, and that's Reggie Jackson. Uh, he got traded by the Clippers today to the Hornets. And there's likely an agreement for a contract buyout there, according to Sham Sharania. Chris Haynes of TNT has already reported expect the Suns to go after Reggie Jackson if he gets bought out. Okay, so that's a name. But there are other names as well to think about and consider in this conversation. Uh, another one is Will Barton. The Wizards are working on a contract buyout for the veteran guard slash forward Will Barton. He's 32. He's had a limited role with Washington this season. Last year, he averaged 15 points per game for the Nuggets. He played. He started 71 games yeah. for the Nuggets. He's a good player. Year. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's a good player. Um, the Suns, they need to emphasize playmaking, not necessarily shooting, but playmaking. You know, with Chris Paul, you want to be careful with his minutes, campaign, when is he going to come back? They also need to emphasize defense. Defensive wing players who can help at the point of attack, the things that Mikel did so well. You're not going to find anybody who does it as well as Mikel does. No. Okay, but that's those are probably your two priorities, I would think, if you're the Suns. On the ball, wing defense, and point guard backup situations to give you other ball handlers out there. I would think that's what you're looking for. It is, and if you could get another versatile defensive player, you're going to get that. KD's a shooter. Cam was a shooter. KD's scoring, however you – just his, forget about three-point shoot. His scoring is is going to be a much greater than what you got from Cam and McHale combined because he's one of the greatest scorers in the history of the game. He's 6'10". So defensively, he's not a bad defensive player. I mean, he's 6'10 with incredible length. That's that's you know That, that, that will help you. They got the one defensive player in Baisley. I think that they could look for another one. If somebody becomes on the market that's more defensive-oriented, I think James would look at that. Yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on, as is the Suns game tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. It just got underway. should be pointed out, if you're doing the math in your head, the Suns are a little on the shorthanded side tonight. Nine players available. No Devin Booker. He was already ruled out due to injury management. They want to you know, bring him back slowly. He played the other night, so they want to take it easy with him. Obviously no Mikel. Obviously no Cam. Obviously no Dario. They're down to nine dudes tonight against Atlanta. And that's fine. You know, fine. That's fine. It's, yeah. If you lose a game against the Atlanta Hawks on Thursday night, so be it. Just tell me when Kevin Durant's playing. <laughs> well, the belief is sometime after the All-Star break. Shortly after the All-Star break. And does break. Mikel Bridges keep his Iron Man streak intact? That's another good question as well that we would like to know the answer to that we don't know the answer to. Listen for your name every day this week for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Text the word SUPER if you haven't already to 620-620. Register and once you hear your name on air, call within the time frame and you could be headed to Super Bowl 57. You'll also win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Again, text the word SUPER to 620-620. When we come back, we put a bow on it. Our final thoughts on what has been a crazy Easy day for the Phoenix Suns and the NBA. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? 
been great being out on remote, meeting so many nice listeners. It's been a while since we've done it. We've had a few this year, but not as many as we used to. As we're wrapping things up here from the Safeway on 83rd Avenue in Camelback, we welcome you back into Burns and Gamble. What is on tonight? Suns basketball is on right now. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> not, a, not a lot of guys available tonight. Uh, they are losing to the Atlanta Hawks 13-8. to How many did EJ, Eddie Johnson, have? I heard he was going to play a few uh, Eddie Johnson has uh, played four yeah. minutes. He's taken five shots. Oh, of course he has. <laughs> of course EJ has. Um, God. Only nine guys available for the Suns tonight. Nine, that's it. Um, no Shamit, no Booker, no Payne. Booker's fine, just injury management. They're just you know easing him back in slowly. Obviously no Mikel, no Cam because of the trade. No Dario because of the trade. Um, so you've got Craig, Landale, Ayton, Paul... Lee, Damian Lee, Saban Lee, Josh Akogi, Ish Wainwright, Bismack Biombo. Those are your nine available bodies tonight. I'm looking at the the Jay Crowder stuff. Milwaukee Journey Sentinel. Jay Crowder brings defensive present to Bucks for playoff run. SB Nation, Milwaukee Bucks get their guy, reinforce at the wing. That's a sneaky good move. You know, if he's able to come back and, sure. you know, and, and get into shape that Jay Crowder went to the Nets and then the Nets trade Crowder to the Bucks in a three-team deal. And that'll be interesting. That's to in the Journal Sentinel in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Jay Crowder brings defensive presence to Bucks for playoff run. All right, here's what else is on tonight in addition to the Suns and the Hawks. Uh, ASU taking on Stanford tonight. Men's basketball. That game tips off at 8. And Arizona taking on California. 9 o'clock tonight. There you go. In the Pac-12 Network. Works. I know what Gambo's going to be doing at 9 o'clock tonight. Are you going to be doing that at 9 o'clock tonight, I, or are you going to be sleeping? I, I actually enjoy watching U of okay. basketball. I just wasn't, it's been a long day, so I wasn't sure. It has been a long day. <laughs> yes, it really has. It's been yeah. it's fun. I was too Today's busy winning. <laughs> Today's show felt like it was about 15 minutes long. Mm. Um, so let's, let's end it with this. All right, it's obviously been all Kevin Durant all the time. Is... There have been so many things I think both of us wanted to say about this, and I, I hope we remember to say everything that was on our mind. Do you have any final thoughts about Kevin Durant coming to the Suns? Anything left unsaid or any point that you left unmade about this or anything you want to revisit? Because, you know, starting tomorrow, I mean, we're still going to talk about it, obviously, but today is our, our last day to react to it in the new. You, you, you got anything to kind of put a bow on it for us? See, the only thing that I thought of that that we haven't discussed today is, and I said to you earlier, that it was championship or bust without KD. But if the Suns didn't win the championship, if they got knocked out in the second round of the Western Conference Finals, I don't think my disappointment would have reached on the on the on the the meter from one to ten. I don't think my disappointment level would have reached a ten. Okay. It was championship a bust. You had Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and the West is open. I would have been disappointed. My disappointment level would have been at about a five because I. Although I thought it was championship a bust, I don't. I didn't expect it. This changes the equation. Mm-hmm. From a scale of one to ten, it's still championship or bust. But can you imagine losing a playoff series in which you have Devin Booker, Chris Ball, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant? Now the disappointment measures a ten. So while I do think both scenarios were championship or bust, yeah. 
it's going to feel a lot worse if they don't win it this time than if they would have lost it with the other guys. Yeah, it's good. It's well said. Um, I, I don't think I have anything left that I haven't said other than to just continue to reinforce the idea that I, I don't... I understand there are two sides to this equation, and I understand there are people that are very disappointed that Mikel's not with the Suns anymore, or that the Suns gave up everything they did. I, I respect those people and their opinion. I am not on your side. To me, this is 100% the thing to do for the Phoenix Suns. I have no regrets about it. Zero. Even if it doesn't yield a championship, I think when life presents you an opportunity like this, you have to take it. You have to do it. I know I've said that a couple of times, but I, I, I just feel like even if we get to the end of this, two years from now, three years from now, and the Suns still don't have their first ever championship, I won't regret them having taken this swing. Because I think when a guy like Kevin Durant becomes available and he wants you, you have to want him back. You have to go get him. And so because of that, I even if it fails, even if it blows up in their face, I will not have any buyer's remorse. I will not have any hindsight. I'll not go, you know, on second thought, maybe you shouldn't have done that. No, you always should do something like this if it's presented with you. Kevin Durant is that good, yeah. and I have no regrets about this. None. I will have no regrets my about last, this. My last thoughts are very simple. It was Kevin Durant a bust. It's the reason why we shot down every single report that was out there that the Suns were interested in these players. If they didn't get Durant, they would have made a very minor, small move. But they wouldn't have made any big moves. Yeah. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Great show. Thanks for everybody hanging out with us. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.